Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach. It is a Thanksgiving week edition, and coming up on the program, we'll look back on the Aggies' 31-24 victory at Ole Miss on Saturday, and we'll preview A&M's regular season finale at LSU Saturday night in Death Valley. Kickoff 6.30 with Tommy Hart on the call with Jordan Rogers and Cole Kublik on the SEC Network. The win over Ole Miss started out like a Big 12 game. Two touchdowns by each team in the first four possessions, but the next four series for each team featured empty possessions, a total of six punts and two turnovers. In the second half, the game turned into a full-fledged defensive struggle in Oxford. The Aggies and Rebels combined for just seven total points after halftime, and that came on a pick six from A&M freshman safety Derek Tucker, who was named SEC Defensive Player of the Week this past week. The Aggies shut out the Rebels in the second half and held Ole Miss to just 15 yards rushing after the break. Only one of the Rebels' eight second-half drives gained more than 11 yards. Tucker, who wears number four, had 14 tackles in the game and forced both of Ole Miss turnovers in a breakout performance. The other number four on the roster, senior receiver Damian Ratley, had another strong outing, hauling in five passes from Nick Starkle, totaling 111 yards and a touchdown. In the last three games, all with Starkle at quarterback, Damian Ratley has five touchdown catches. He came into this last three-game stretch with two career touchdowns in three seasons. We'll be joined on the hour. We'll be joined during the hour by Texas columnist and Heisman voter Olin Buchanan and former AM and NFL quarterback Stephen McGee. All coming your way on a Thanksgiving week edition of the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm so happy, I feel like I can fly. Disclaimer, you will not be able to fly by switching to GEICO. This is against the laws of physics and nature. If you find yourself flying, please seek professional and or medical help immediately. In the unlikely event you find yourself flying, you might be a superhero or a pigeon or a superhero named Pidgewoman who was bitten by a radioactive pigeon. If you are indeed Pidgewoman, GEICO retains all licensing publishing rights in the event Pidgewoman the movie becomes a top-grossing Hollywood blockbuster. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. 
I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry crack skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Welcome back to the Tex-Ags Marin and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's look back on the win a little bit more extensively on the victory over Ole Miss Saturday in Oxford with my partner in crime on the coverage team who was with me at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, Olin Buchanan in studio. A&M 31, Ole Miss 24. Let's open with a wild game in Oxford, OB, that we saw Saturday night. The first 10 minutes looked like a Big 12 game. Four straight possessions, two scores apiece, and then I think eight straight empty possessions after that. It flipped on its ear quickly with a bunch of punts, a couple of turnovers mixed in there, one by each team in that first half. And then in the second half, it turned into a full-fledged defensive struggle, only seven points scored after halftime, and that came on a Derek Tucker. How about Derek Tucker? A Derek Tucker interception for a touchdown. It was sloppy. It was ugly at times. It was a little clunky OB, but it was a late November victory on the road in the SEC West against a team that has given them a world of fit since they moved to the SEC and they hadn't beaten since Johnny left. Yeah, it was uh, it was remarkable. It is funny with the way the game started and to think that the only touchdown scored in the second half was on a you know defensive play by right. a freshman. Right. Um, so because the way the game started, it looked oh. like it was going to be everything that we projected. You know, I was kicking myself for not gambling 20s. right on that yeah, 68. And then being glad that you then patting yourself on the back because you didn't. <laughs> right. I was thinking, okay, the over is going to fall by by halftime, and yeah. then you know neither one of them uh, really had a huge offensive output. So uh, crazy game. Uh, surprising. Was really glad to see AM win. They made just enough plays. And quite frankly, to me, the, the 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 most amazing thing, and I think everybody will agree with this, is just the whatever uh, defensive adjustments were made were were successful. And A and M goes from a team that was giving up a lot of points in the first half to just again outscoring the defense, outscoring Ole Miss's offense. I thought it was their best defensive performance of the year when you consider the offensive potential. Of uh, of Ole Miss, you know, oh, yeah. you know, keeping Florida to to what was it, something like twenty yards right. in the fourth quarter. We came was, back there. We came back on a Monday, Sam. But what was that? Right, because they can't they can't move the they ball can, on anybody. The this ball. team can, and we're red hot offense, and, and had been doing it, and right. had moved the ball in the first half. Right, and then uh, uh, you know, for A and M to just and, and I have to admit, I, I can't figure out exactly what the adjustments were. Uh, in detail, but they were able. We talked last week that if you're going to stop them, you got to put pressure on the, on uh, Tamu, and they did. They, he right. was constantly under pressure, and uh, you know you made him uncomfortable. And yeah, it, yeah. it didn't hurt that uh, uh, his name Rod Taylor, Rod Taylor, yeah, the, the right tackle or sometimes left tackle for uh, Ole Miss. Boy, that, he, that he really gave you an assist by by drawing a whole bunch of penalties. I was trying to think of a an individual offensive lineman because a lot of times you know they, they they don't get a lot of credit but the one the times that you recognize them is when they get called for a bunch of penalties by number right I was trying to think individually I had to go back to um, Avery Genesee with three straight false starts and three plays if you remember that in the Music City Bowl but four penalties by Rod Taylor in the fourth quarter alone Ole Miss as you pointed out before the show to me just I was trying to confirm all this I know Ole Miss had 11 penalties in the second half, but as you counted up, six in the fourth quarter, netting 55 yards in losses in penalties. And that really set them back. There were a bunch of turning points in this game. As you mentioned, Ta'amu was on fire. When he got hit and they called the targeting on Zaykoven, and they've tossed Zaykoven there, that was probably about a 50-50 call-ish. I mean, it could have gone either way. Didn't even throw a flag for it. It was reviewed upstairs, and they ended up looking at it and throwing him out of the game. And at that point, it looked like he was banged up a little bit to Amu. And he wasn't the same quarterback after that hit. Yeah, I, but I don't threw, know. threw about 58 <laughs> yards passing in the entire second half, plus the remainder of the second quarter after the Zaykoven hit. Yeah, but, and yet I, I don't know if it was that. It may have been. Or if it was just the, the changes, whatever changes. He started bringing the house more. Because the, the very next play, 
after the Zay Colvin hit, he runs, Tomu runs for 16 yards. Mm -hmm. And then he completes a pass for three, and then another pass for three, and they're looking at a third and four, and I think there's incomplete, and they kick a field goal and take a 24-21 lead, I think it was. So you're you're more apt to give A&M all the credit for their adjustments versus maybe Tomu was either concussed or dinged up. Uh, yeah, because again, the very next play, right. he, he runs uh, for 16 yards, and then they have an h- entire halftime to to figure him out and for him to. So uh, maybe it, maybe it was. I'm not I'm not completely discounting that, but it would seem to me the evidence would show that 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 he was okay. Whatever it was, it worked because the second half, the only TD in the game came on A and M's defense. A right. and M's defense outscored its offense and Ole Miss seven to nothing. Uh, eight Ole Miss drives in the second half resulted in six punts, a pick six, and a turnover on downs. Even more so, only one of the Rebels' eight second-half drives actually gained more than 11 yards. Their longest play from scrimmage in the second half was 15 when the Rebels had five explosive plays or six, uh, five explosive plays in the first half, yeah. none in the second. You know, they've been getting almost five explosive plays over 20 yards through the air per game. And we said what? Over-unders three and a half. Three and Keep a half. them under four, three or less, three or fewer. And A&M did that. All of them came in the first half. Yeah. And, again, the second half defense was as as good as you can play against a, a good offense, I thought. And, uh, uh, you know, yes, did Ole Miss drop some passes? Yeah, but that happens. Right. Uh, but most of all, they not only did they start putting pressure on – the uh, on the passer on Tommy, but they also, sh- you know, shut down the run, which was they were having a big problem. Yes, with. they did. And I think that put Ole Miss a lot of times in position to have to throw uh, in, in obvious passing situations where you could you know, bring more pressure. And you know, I I, th- I know they 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 blitz from all different directions. Uh, you know, they they brought in a corner I think one time and safety. You know, uh, linebackers. So uh, which I felt like they had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, the uh, the ends just started winning battles. I yeah, remember, they did. you know, and the, they're in the, I guess it was the Ole Miss's first possession of the second half. Yeah, it was. And Jared Johnson and Landis Durham beat their guy and got back to back sacks on consecutive. I'm glad you brought that plays. up because that's a very big part of the game narrative here. Is <laughs> those were the two plays Greg Little missed in the game. The two plays Greg Little missed got A&M off the mat defensively in a big way because they go sack. Rod Taylor has to go from right tackle to left tackle. having the He would have wound up having the worst game of his life from that point forward. He goes to left tackle, in the, and immediately Jared Johnson beats him. I think we saw the value of Little because A&M didn't do much on Little. They were fantastic, and those two plays got them going and got Ole Miss kind of into a funk. But immediately around Taylor goes Johnson for a sack. And then immediately his replacement gets beat. They whip him inside. The guard whiffs and Landis Durham with his seventh sack yeah. against SEC opponents, eight and a half on the year. Olin and I will bring in former A&M and NFL quarterback Stephen McGee to continue the conversation and look ahead to Saturday against the LSU Tigers next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Olin Buchanan here, and we're joined now in studio by our quarterback, former A&M and NFL quarterback Stephen McGee. The lead story being reported by Brent Swarneman of the Houston Chronicle that A&M will fire Kevin Sumlin after the LSU game, win or lose. Here's what he said. I'll read the first two graphs of the article that came out yesterday evening. Quote, Texas A&M coach Kevin Sumlin will be fired following the Aggies' regular season finale at LSU Saturday night. Multiple people with knowledge of the situation said Sumlin is expected to be dismissed in the day or days following the A&M game against the Tigers. The Aggies are a double-digit underdog to the Tigers, and an A&M victory wouldn't save his job at this point, the sources said. All right, so we'll start with that. The second thing is Aggie basketball does it again, 98-87 in a win over Penn State last night to win the Legends Classic in Brooklyn. Dwayne Wilson with 22 points and an answer to their runs when they were on a little mini run. Looked like they were going to make a make this a 40-minute contest. Dwayne Wilson had answers, 7-10 from the field, 22 points and 6 assists. Rob Williams off the bench in 23 minutes had a double-double, 21 points and 10 rebounds. We got that going, guys. As for the lead story, that jibes with what we've been hearing and the inclination of Billy Lucci, who's maintained 
over the last week on TechSacks.com and on this show that the as he said the trains left the station a long time ago or that can's been kicked so far down the road he did not expect Kevin Sumlin to have almost no chance he pretty much thought A&M had someone had almost no chance to recoup his job regardless of what happens at the end of the season Britt Zwerneman comes out with a with some fine reporting he's a great reporter what do y'all think? What's your reaction? I'm, you know, uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I, I think we all kind of f- felt like that. I thought. I thought the uh, standard was set, or the expectation was set, back in the spring. Sc- Scott Woodward told told us at Texas, and then later told uh, Pi Fa- Paul Feinbaum that eight wins isn't good enough. That he has to win this year, and I, and here you are at a position where. If you beat LSU, and that's a huge if because they have never beaten LSU under Kevin Sumlin. If you beat LSU, you're at eight wins. Now, if you know there, there are those that could say, okay, well, let me play the bowl game, and if you win nine, all right, retain him. And I could see that argument. But again, this is the fifth consecutive year that A and M is going to finish the regular season with eight wins or less. And the athletic director, I mean, I don't know how he could have put it any more clear. Then they expect more than you know, better than that, and fourth place finishes in the uh, SEC West for the, you know, for what their their the investment is ex- more than that is expected. So, I don't know why it, um, that would come as a, a big shock to anybody. Steven? yeah, you know, I think too, you've got an AD that really doesn't have any university ties and a president that previously or any did, ties to the coach, right? Or any ties to the coach, which is even more important. Huge. So I think right. now you have an AD in position to make a hire. Uh, with not as many strings attached and people trying to help make decisions that are on the, you know, the Board of Regents um, specifically and then in other uh, university uh, positions that normally have a lot of power around here. And so I think he has the intention of wanting to bring in his guys that he knows, that he's familiar with. Uh, and so the all, that are also high. damn good coaches at the yeah. same time. He's not bringing in a guy he might have worked with. It. Well, we, well we hope so. Right. We hope so. And right. you come out with reports like this, which – uh, it leaks internally, and they want that to come out for whatever reason. Who knows why they wanted that to, to be, uh, to, uh, you know, to be released? But you know, at this time of the year, as an athlete, you don't necessarily like that, right? You rather wait till Saturday after the game. But it is what it is. It's a business. Coaches understand that. You know, people from the outside, man, I feel sorry for them, mm-hmm. uh, but they get into this business knowing what the job title. Uh, takes on results I mean, based, and that's why you get paid hazard pay, right? I yeah. mean, you get paid a lot of money to win, and exactly. you better win. You he won, he did some good things here, but right, yeah. that's that's part of the job title. So you you know you've got to win, and the expectation to get a job like a And M that comes with winning football games. They haven't done yeah. that enough in year six. Oh, and they have built in the last few years a championship program and have everything except the wins. Right. Well, then it's not a championship program. That's what I'm saying. Right. But everything Every, in the infrastructure is there to right. be a championship program. So if the wins aren't there and then everybody's been fired and replaced, when someone knows every time he makes a move, that's going to be a mark against him, especially yeah. if it doesn't work. If you still haven't won and this is a – the infrastructure is that of a championship program, otherwise you couldn't attract a Jimbo Fisher, right? I don't know you what – got to win, you got to make a change. You know, I, I've said it for years, and I know you've echoed it too. What – I would ask any coach, any, anybody, what do you need to to be an elite caliber program? I'm not even saying championship because I think we can all understand that right now the way Alabama is going, it's going to be diff- difficult that great coaches might not be able to win a, national, a, 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 a conference championship right now. But, what do you, but you can still be an elite program as if Auburn – I think Auburn is close to being an elite program. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what do you need that you don't have? And again, we can we're not going to do it. We can go down the whole list of things that the A and M administration and fans have provided to the coach. And you don't do all that stuff for eight wins. Then you say, well, you need time. Well, six years. Yeah. How much time do you need? Longer than almost any other head coach at A and M. Do y'all feel like yeah? Look Kirk, at what Kirby Smart got doing five, in the got four. Right. Yeah. If anybody has an argument, I think it's Sherman um, who left a program. Uh, he left the most talented team that A&M's probably ever had. And I know you could say, well, defensively, there were some holes there. Maybe not, but there were some talented guys there. But mm-hmm. offensively, man, oh, yeah. uh, we Loaded. would maybe never see a team that was as talented as that group that they put on the field. That 11 guys, mm-hmm. they were stout. Yep. Offensive line speaks for itself. 
Johnny Football, uh, the best football player that A&M has ever had, and arguably one of the best ever in college football. The guy was spectacular. You got Mike Evans at wide receiver. You had Swope. You had really good running backs. We overlook all those guys that had running back. All those guys took snaps <laughs> in the NFL as starters, too. Yes. And so then defensively, you had some good players as well. Sherman recruited all those guys, I would say, almost all those guys. Uh, and so it wasn't like he inherited a program that was void of talent. And the next guy will arguably have the same benefit because Sumlin has been able to recruit well. I think the one downside to Sumlin, as great of a recruiter as he is and as much good that he's done for this program, it's the development of those players. They come in five stars. Too many of these guys leave as a one-star guy or two-star guy. They don't get better. And that's the argument against him. I think it was what was the downfall of Mac Brown. We'll have more with Olin and Stephen McGee next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Loans are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. I was making great progress on building my savings, but then I get hit with an unexpected car repair bill. Keeping a close eye on my credit score allowed me to buy my first house, but an unexpected medical emergency set me back. When the unexpected happened, Avant was there to help. If you need to borrow $2,000 to $35,000, try Avant. It's fast, simple, and transparent. Everything is done online. There are no prepayment fees and no collateral is required. And you can instantly check your rate with no impact to your credit score. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. And now, Avant will give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 5252 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 5252. Go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 5252. Men, if you're like me... You appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. The sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price? And because Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they'll send you their most popular set, Complete with a razor, one of their world-famous blades, shaving cream, and post-shave balm for free if you cover shipping. A total value of $20 at no cost to you, with code 0404 at checkout. Their way of saying thank you for trying them. How is Harry's able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures the blades. That's how. Go to harrys.com now and enter code 0404 at checkout. To claim your free trial set and post-shave balm, that's harrys.com, code 0404. Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio, and if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. Welcome back to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, along with Olin Buchanan and our quarterback, former A&M and NFL QB, Stephen McGee. McGee, uh, Olin, you've covered a lot of these, right? And a lot of them get leaked out early. Some of them are surprises. Some of them are done before the season. Some of them shock you right after the season. Um, so I'd love your perspective on it too. But we'll start with you, Stephen. This is very similar to 10 years ago. You knew Fran was out. You made that clear couple weeks back the team played so loose in that game and so and and but play, just made a ton of plays what happens in the locker room when you see the writing on the wall reports or not everybody that had a clue knew that this was going to be friends last game how yeah. does that make you feel and how does that make you perform I think there's always going to be guys in the locker room that are excited because maybe they feel like they've been slighted by the current coaching staff and a new coaching staff will somehow change that which is never the case They've been slotted because generally they aren't good enough to make plays consistently. There's going to be about a you know third that probably don't really care as much. I mean, they're indifferent. They just want to play football. And then there's a third that probably take it personally. 
I think at the end of the day, it is very much a distraction, but you feel like everybody's attacking you and everyone's talking about how it's not good enough, the performance on the field is, and all this negativity surrounding the program, and it almost pisses you off so much. And it, as you said, they play loose, and that's a great quality. You want guys to go out and play a game like they're having turkey bowl with the family in the backyard tomorrow. That's how you want guys to go out there, have fun, relax. Don't think about football. Just make plays. And that is a great, great thing for a team, playing pissed off, playing with your back against the wall. And so now I think going into this game, this team seems to really like someone. They relate to him well. He's always kind of been a player's coach, if you will. And so I would expect him to play pissed off, you know, mad, frustrated, disappointed with the news, how it was released prior to a big game. And they go in there and take care of business. And this game means a lot to a lot of guys that are trying to go out to the draft as well because scouts are going to look at this tape and Alabama games especially because mm-hmm. they want to see how you play against good competition. Yep, yep. Auburn, Alabama, and certainly LSU. Olin, do you agree with all that? Uh, yeah, um, uh, I do. Um, I think as a player – you you would hope that you go out and you're going to play if for no other reason because the university gave you a scholarship to play yeah. and has given you a lot of other things to, to play. And that if, if nothing else, you have personal pride, like Steven said, you got NFL scouts in the in attendance. You know, there's a – I have a hard time believing the guys are going to roll over and not give effort because their coach, you know, may not – you know, may not be back. I mean, some guys sometimes coaches leave on their own accord, and guys aren't going to play because of that. You know, it's just I saw that uh, I saw a tweet uh, from Bruce Sumlin saying that. Uh, that was, <laughs> I'm sorry, Bruce Feldman. I, I kind of thought they were related uh, because of, but so uh, I saw a tweet, tweet from a tweet from Bruce Feldman. Yeah, Feldman. Yes, so, you're yeah, right. That time. Yeah, like I said, I kind of thought they were related, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, saying from an assistant coach saying, talking about how awful it was for the players to hear this and that, you know, that they have no reason to play. You know, it gives them no reason to play on Saturday or something. No, it gives them a reason to play. Yeah. Um, it, the, the tweet said, for our players to find out like this, that it doesn't matter if we win Saturday night at LSU. So is really blank, 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 blank. blank so blank. Right. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter for you as coaches. But it matters to them, does it not? I mean, so you're putting it on the the players to win, you know, to save your job, basically. Well, and the whole point yeah. too is, Stephen, they knew. Come they on, I mean, how yeah. do you go on Feinbaum and say, hey, it's not enough? You got to win more than you've won, and you hadn't won more, and the best you can do is eight, and you've been winning eight, and that's not more or better. And it you does matter the for the coaching the staff. I mean, these guys need to win this game. I think an eight and four staff right. that's been released is a lot more attractive to go out and hire. There's a lot of job openings that we've mentioned, and I think Kevin Sumlin, deservedly so, will be mentioned for some of these. And I think he'll be one of the top two or three guys for, you know, especially a job like UCLA. I think he fits there. And so if you're an 8-4 and four coach compared to a 7-5 and five coming off a lot of momentum, now all of a sudden it looks like you had a program uh, that had to unfortunately deal with young players early in the season, lost some games. The UCLA game doesn't look good in any way, but – Fought against Alabama with the young team, and Mississippi State, obviously, whatever there. That was a that was an egg. But right. you look good at eight and four. You look like a guy that could be hireable. Seven and five. All of a sudden, I don't know. But but does, but you look as a coach, you look good. But does that mean the player has no? You know, feels like that there's nothing to play for because the because the coach might lose his job. I mean, the player. Right. You just said, here's what I got to play for. I got to play for because I've never beaten LSU. Exactly. There's a ton on the line. Because I have personal pride, because I'm personally competitive, because I've got a school that gave me a scholarship and, you know, and and all the other things that have come with it. You know, could it be that you could play hard because you love your school and because you love your team? Or do you only feel like you've got something, a reason to play if it only means that I'm going to get this this unnamed assistant coach a chance to keep his – you know, six-figure salary. Yeah, right. you know, it's as simple too as this. You win the game. I, at this point, doing the homework, and I could be wrong. Look, I've been wrong many times today, even already. But I believe that A and M's going to a Florida Bowl if they win this game with tiebreakers over LSU and tiebreakers over South Carolina. I do believe it. I think the players are going to go to nice sunny FLA if they win and freeze their ass off if they don't. All right, so it's as simple as that. You want to go to crap bowl, get crap gifts, no per diem. 
right, or very <laughs> little, fair diem. Or do you want to go to nice, sunny FLA, right? I, I just think there's a lot to play for. Yeah. Plus, this team is young. Now, I agree with both you guys because A&M has played, the Mississippi State game notwithstanding, by and large, this team's played very hard for this coach. This isn't a, a dumpster fire situation like Tennessee and Florida where they basically just gave up, threw in the towel. They've not thrown in the towel here. Don't yeah. expect them to do it on Saturday. Yeah, and, and, and I think OB's is is correct there as well. These players have really no less to play for. I mean, you play for, number one, for your teammates and, and for your university. And, and, of course, you're still playing all the games to win, right? I mean, that's the whole purpose of, of playing a game is because there's – uh, very distinctly a winner and a loser, contrary to popular belief these days. And so uh, what has changed there? Uh, you're still going into the game with your same coaching staff. Uh, play for him. If, if you love him so much, send him out in the right way. Allow him to beat LSU one time before he leaves this place. So, you know, I think they have a lot to play for. This game matters, and it's going to matter to – for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Lynn, Commerce National Bank text line, it's a shame that I have to get upset the day before Thanksgiving. Once again, A&M powers that be could not care less about last game, bowl bid, timing is everything. Really? Not to those guys. I used to trust the guys that called the shots. No more, period. Strong take from Lynn. Whew. Yeah, that is. And I think there's intention behind it. There's a purpose. I think the early signing day now factors into things. You see uh, colleges wanting to make moves earlier, trying to solidify the next guy. So they're having to do their homework and, and be willing to, you know, Florida reportedly, and who knows, trying to get Chip, Chip Kelly on board and getting frustrated with, you know, ready to move on to the next guy. And heck, how many days has that been? Well, well let me ask you this. Would it have been different had they just – would everybody feel different had they just fired Kevin Sumlin on Monday? After LSU? No, I'm talking about Monday, you know, yes, uh, two days ago. Versus what, it leaking out? Would, would everybody feel different about it then? Because UCLA did, and I don't think there's been a, right. you know, a huge groundswell of angst about what happened at UCLA. That's a good point. You know, Arkansas, it was leaked and reported just like this that Brett Bielema would be fired immediately after the season, and I have not seen a lot well, of Well, that's because there's not a national reporter in bed with uh, – Brett Bielema. And Brett Bielema is loved by the national media. I, I like him a lot. I'm going to miss him. He'll, I'm sure he'll get a job somewhere. But Smulema. He'll take Chad Morris' spot. <laughs> of course, don't you always seem to kind of like the coaches you beat all the time? <laughs> a little bit. That's yeah, you got to do. <laughs> you got to do, don't you? Steven, you know what? I, I meant to give you these stats over here. So while we're doing that. You got to come up I, with a buy. Who I, you buying? Well, I already got one. Okay, good. I, I'm buying Danny Etley. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Nick Stark. <laughs> We've quietly forgotten about our bet. That's all right. I, it's still out there. I'm going to stay true to it. What was the bet? I said he's going to be a late seventh round pick. No. Not a chance. I'll take, it, I'll take you up on that. Two for one. We're not taking me up now. It's a bet we made last year. That was you two that made the bet, right? I, don't know. I guess it was us. I, two. I will think, I think. Etling will get drafted if the United States brings back selective service. <laughs> That's good. All right, who else are you buying? I'm buying Nick Stark. Okay. And I'm buying him. I, I'm, I like this guy. He's got charisma. He's got a little fight to him. And I think that's the type of personality that needs to come out in this game. I think you talk about playing with a chip on your shoulder. Starkle plays with a chip on his shoulder. They need him to be aggressive. He's got to avoid the turnovers. Uh, throwing picks and being stupid with the football. We saw the one interception last week that I think was foolish on his part. That's what he can't do this week to have a chance. But if he continues to make those plays and give his wide receivers chances, I think uh, that this team is poised, uh, like we heard uh, from Mike there on our call, that they could sneak in and beat LSU. All right. Olin, who you buying? I'm buying Derek Tucker because I don't Amen. think that that uh, performance against Ole Miss was an aberration. I think yeah. it's not always going to be that amazing, but I think you're seeing a guy that's going to start to – that is developing and is becoming the player that he's going to be. And so I, I'm buying him and I'm expecting him to play well every game for the rest of his career. Again, not to that degree. Whoever goes out and gets 14 tackles uh, – Pick six and a uh, and a forced fumble. Yeah, but I think you're going to see a guy that's a very productive player from here on out. And two awesome breakups. I think he almost had another pick in there and yeah. had a tackle for loss. This guy had 19 tackles on the year at 14 in one game. And so typically, when you see that, 
the natural inclination is to lease that guy, right? I don't want to see it again. But I, we've seen enough of Derek Tucker's progression. you got to remember, he didn't play in fall camp, and he didn't play in the first three games. And his first game, I want to say, was, was Arkansas, just on the fly right into the SEC as a yeah. true freshman. So I, I'm buying Derek Tucker as well. I can't, I can't argue with, her, with you on that, OB. Our thanks to Stephen McGee. We'll run down the schedule and quick pick of the games in the SEC next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Back, Gabe Bach with you on a Thanksgiving week edition of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Let's run down the SEC schedule and a quick pick of the games against the spread. Depending on when you're accessing this show and listening to it, a couple of these first games may have already happened. Ole Miss at Mississippi State, that's Thursday night, back on Thanksgiving, the Egg Bowl. 6.30 on ESPN, Bulldogs minus 16.5. I'll gloss over these because a lot of them may have already happened. Mississippi State will win the game and cover it. Missouri at Arkansas Friday at 1.30 on CBS. Tigers minus 11.5. I went back and forth on this, but I think Missouri's just a better team. How about that? Would you have said that a month and a half ago? Missouri a way better team than Arkansas, even on the road in a pseudo-rivalry game, right? They're trying to make that out to be. Tigers will cover the 11.5 on the road. Georgia at Georgia Tech, 11 o'clock on ABC, Georgia 10-1, and Georgia Tech at 5-5. Five and five. They need it for a bowl, and it's at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Not Mercedes-Benz, certainly not the Georgia Dome. They imploded that earlier this week. Uh, Georgia is playing good football. This spread is 11. You know, 11's kind of rough. You're going on the road. You're in Atlanta. They've got so much to do. I mean, they probably get in on APR anyway at 5 and you know at uh what their record they're five and five right now i think georgia tech might have a an extra game still to come after this but uh so they'll have a chance to get bowl eligible plus the apr potentially would get them in anyway but boy would this be a huge win well it ain't happening 11 o'clock or 11 points is a spread georgia covers that easily but the way nick chubb's running the football right now help from swift and michelle Fromm still doesn't have to do a lot. Now, there's going to come a time like the Auburn game of the past and maybe a future date with Auburn or Alabama the following week in the same town in Atlanta where they're definitely going to have to. He's going to have to eventually win a game with his arm. He couldn't do that a couple weeks back against Auburn, but I don't think this is the week where that matters. Georgia will cover that spread. Florida State at Florida, 11 o'clock on ESPN. And Florida State and Florida at four and six. Now, this is a crazy game here. You got Jimbo Fisher, and who knows all the reports that he's looking around and potentially linked to Texas A&M. This could be his last game, even though they've got another game the following week on the schedule, I think ULM, against Florida, who's just figuring out and waiting to make a, a, a hire on their next coach. And... I think Florida State's going to go in there and win the game. On the road, the Seminoles are favored by five and a half. Where I struggle with this game is, are they going to cover that spread? Blackman at quarterback, the O-line's terrible. Florida's actually got a really strong defensive front. I'm going to pick Florida State to cover the spread on the road because they got playmakers on the outside. Florida is dreadful offensively, just hideous offensively. And I think because of that, Florida State moves the ball just enough. They got Cam Akers, about an 800-yard back. You know, with a bowl and an extra game, Cam Akers actually could, as a freshman, be a 1,000-yard back. I think he does get there. Nyquan Murray's a good player on the outside. Blackman's got some some talent. There's no question. He's just young. I, I believe Florida State goes on the road, wins this game by about a touchdown. So I'll pick Florida State to cover. Louisville at Kentucky, 11 o'clock on the SEC Network. Cardinals on the road. Boy, Lamar Jackson's had a heck of a year. 1,287 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns. 32-73 through the air and 23 touchdowns. Statistically a better year than last year's Heisman uh, winning season. He will not win it again, but he certainly could go to New York and I think deserves to and will go and get vindication from last year when they lost to Kentucky at home. They will go to Lexington and win that game and they'll cover the spread. So I think they'll win big on the road against Kentucky. Alabama at Auburn, 2.30 on CBS. The old Iron Bowl, boy, but does it mean something this time? It always means something. 
And 2013 certainly meant a lot because it meant the West Championship, win that, and you go to the National Championship. This is equal to that. It means the West, and you win that, and you go to the college football playoff. This is Auburn's only hope. Alabama could lose this game and still potentially back its way in. Crimson Tide minus four and a half on the road. I'm going to say Auburn wins the game outright. Give me Auburn in the points. They're playing very good right now. Jarrett Stidham is playing at a high level. on Johnson is a Heisman Trophy candidate. He's got 1,172 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns. Auburn's playing great football, and Alabama has some key injuries defensively that can make, make it pretty tricky, make life difficult for, for the Alabama Crimson Tide. At home, well, all the stuff surrounding Gus, Willie, or won't he entertain a Arkansas offer would be a, a downward move. You wouldn't think it would happen, but Gus may just be sick and tired of not being respected over there. That can have a lot to do with it. I ultimately think Gus stays because Auburn wins. They win in Atlanta and go to the college football playoff. So I'm going to take Auburn in the points and I actually think they win the game outright. Vanderbilt in t- at Tennessee, 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. Who cares? Both teams 4-7. and seven. Both teams winless in the SEC. Somebody's got to win. I really struggled with this. Vanderbilt's so bad, I think Tennessee wins it. They win it with Brady Hoke. They actually didn't get the doors blown off of them against LSU. Vandy got the doors blown off of them at home against Missouri. So I guess Tennessee in a in a ridiculous game here. I guess Tennessee wins. They're favored by one at home. I'll go Tennessee. They'll cover it. They'll win by two. How about that? Clemson at South Carolina, 630 on ESPN. Tigers minus four on the road. They cover it. Everybody talking about this. Oh, South Carolina. Because two years ago, they scared them at home. So they're going to scare them now? I don't think so. I don't believe so. Clemson, (coughs) they're playing good football. The defense is fantastic. Jake Bentley keeps throwing it to the other team. And I I believe just the defensive front from Clemson is going to absolutely dominate South Carolina's offensive line, which is hideous. So I'll say they'll cover the 14. And finally, A&M at LSU, 630 on the SEC Network. Tigers minus 10.5 in Death Valley. And I'm going to go ahead and pick this game now. And on the other side of the break, we'll do keys to the game. How does it look? Uh, how does A&M win this football game? We'll do some keys. With that being said, I'll take A&M and the points. I think they'll cover the 10.5. I think A&M... Uh, and the points there, but I think LSU wins the game. 24-17 LSU, a close game, but the Tigers' run game is just a little bit too much in the end for my liking. Uh, Starkle's got a productive night. I believe that's going to happen. He's throwing the football. The Aggies actually have the quarterback edge in this game, but a lack of a run game, and it's been atrocious, forced the Aggies to be one-dimensional. Okay, The Tigers are going to make A&M win it through the air because the run game will be non-existent, and the Tigers will eventually wear down A&M over the course of the game. That's the way I see it. I do think it's going to be a fun game in Death Valley and Baton Rouge. Looking forward to being there. Hope A&M wins it, especially in what looks like it's going to be the last game for Kevin Sumlin as head football coach of the Aggies. I hope A&M wins it. I think LSU's going to, but I think it'll be a tight one. We'll close the show after this with keys to the game on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Overhanging trees present a real danger. During high winds, falling branches can damage roofs and windows. So today, I'll show you how to protect your home by wrapping it in bubble packaging. All you need is a staple gun and 142,000 feet of bubble packaging. Let's get started. You could try to protect your home with bubble packaging, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Call Geico and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. 
Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. I've already picked this game. I think A&M will lose a tight one against LSU. My pick is 24-17, to but here's some keys to the game. I've got five keys to the game for Texas A&M if they're going to win this contest in Death Valley on Saturday night. Number one, a fast start. Okay, it's always an important key. We talk about this all the time, but especially against this team and in that venue. I've been there a couple of times now. It's a tough place to play. You know, you got to gain confidence early and keep that crowd from completely impacting the football game, which they definitely can do. When LSU's playing well and the crowd gets into it, Death Valley can be one of the toughest places to win in the entire country. That's why they've got the reputation they have. So starting quickly, getting an early lead is a huge deal. Key number two, run the football. A&M's hit rock bottom in the running game. They averaged and managed uh, managed rather 119 rushing yards against Ole Miss. Ole Miss had come into the game allowing 292 rushing yards on the ground against the SEC. You just can't line it up and hand it off with an inside zone play right into the teeth of the Tigers' defense. You must get creative with the run game to have any hope of maintaining balance and you got to have balance but key number three is throw the football throw it around the park in a variety of ways you got to throw to set up the run in this game get christian kirk going early and often balance is vital against lsu but you can't run to set up the pass in this one it's not going to work we've seen enough to know we've seen too much of that approach starkle's got to utilize his weapons in the passing game kirk is a big key in this game Starkle needs to attack the perimeter with quick passes, well-timed throws downfield. Starkle and Ratley have got to be guys in this game against this team. Uh, Number four, limit Darius Geis. That's an obvious key and what he does on the ground. He's going to get his, but hold him under 150 on the ground. But also to that, you can't focus on him so much that uh, Danny Etling beats you over the top or they go uh, an end around or a jet sweep with DJ Chark or Darrell Williams hit you with a tough physical run right up the middle into your teeth. All right, so you got to watch that too. But at the same time, if you can limit Darius Geis, even like A&M did two years ago against Fournette, Geis actually beat him with a long run, a young Geis, a young freshman Geis. But two years ago, they didn't do a bad job against Fournette on the ground. 
All right, even if Geis gets his 100, make it difficult on him. Dare Danny Etling to do it again. Make him win it for the second straight year with his arm. You know, they had balance last year against A&M, and Etling made a bad, bad defense pay. You know, he had a great run game last year. Geis ran wild, and that helped him. Slow down Geis as much as possible and make Etling win it through the air, okay? And number five, win it for someone. This will likely be Kevin Sumlin's last game as head coach of the Aggies. Give it everything you have for him, and I expect A&M to do just that. The Aggies played hard all year for him and wouldn't be even where they are without all the effort that they've shown from the first game on. It would have been very easy for A&M to pack it in after UCLA, and they didn't. Uh, A lot of teams did. Tennessee did. Arkansas did. But uh, UCLA did, even after beating A&M. A&M has not. Draw shades of 2007 when A&M lit up the scoreboard against Texas in Fran's final game. Give it 60 more minutes for their coach. Let the chips fall where they may. This is a daunting task, but it's not an unbeatable opponent. Okay, LSU is beatable, but you got to play a great game in Baton Rouge. And then finally on our way out, I believe A&M at 8-4 with a tiebreaker over an 8-4 LSU and an 8-4 South Carolina has a decent opportunity to go to the Outback Bowl or certainly the Gator Bowl slash Tax Slayer. Auburn, Alabama, and Georgia could very well be New Year's Six Bowl teams. So then the fourth team would actually go to the Citrus Bowl, used to be Capital One. And then who's the fifth team? The fifth team would either be LSU at 8-4, and four, South Carolina at 8-4, and four, or A&M at 8-4. and four. Well, A&M, having beaten LSU and beaten South Carolina, should, and they travel, should get the Outback Bowl in, in Tampa. Now lose that game and go 7-5, and five, You'll be leapfrogged by LSU at 9-3, and three, certainly. And you'll be leapfrogged by an 8-4 and four South Carolina team with a better record. So then uh, LSU would get out back, and the Gator would go to South Carolina, and then you're back into that group of four. Music City, Belt, Texas, or Liberty. This game's big. It's the difference between Memphis and Jacksonville. It's the difference between Memphis and, and Tampa, right? Florida Bowl are cold, just freezing your rear end off. You know, New Year's or in between Christmas and New Year's. Big, big difference between winning this game and losing this game and do it for your head coach. So there's a lot to play for, always a lot to play for when you go play LSU, a team A&M's not beaten since the move to the SEC and not beaten since 1994. And that'll wrap up a Thanksgiving week edition of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report. Hope you've enjoyed some faith, family, fun, food, and football this week. Looking forward to this game Saturday night, 6.30 on the SEC Network, A&M and LSU. We'll be back next week to break that down and possibly talk about Kevin Sumlin on his way out at Texas A&M, maybe even a new coach. We'll see what next week brings. Have a happy Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. You've been listening to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.